Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Adderley, your host. I'm a physician trained in Britain, living in Canada, and who's worked in the U.S. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is, a, is this, family caregivers, oral hygiene, and dental health care systems. So what does all that mean? Well, nutrition is important for all or virtually all the health conditions that require the care of family caregivers uh, when the family member is living at home. But if the mouth of the f- person they're caring for isn't healthy, eating and therefore nutrition is at risk. So getting and keeping the mouth healthy for family members who aren't able to care for their mouths by themselves requires oral hygiene. And for these family members, oral hygiene involves family caregivers. So to discuss this issue, and this is the title again, Family Caregivers, Oral Hygiene and Dental Health Care Systems, our guests are Dr. Carlos Quinones and Julie Dinardo. First of all, I'm going to call, him, I'm going to call you Carlos. Um, is, Carlos is a dentist and a researcher. He's director of the specialty training program in dental public health at the Faculty of Dentistry, University of Toronto. His research interests focus on the politics and economics of dentistry, mainly as they relate to equity in oral health and access to dental care. He has clinical experience in various areas, including mobile and long-term care settings. Julie, Julie Donado is a dental hygienist with an independent dental hygiene office called Gleam Smile Center in Hamilton, Ontario. She's a founding member of the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health and a member of the Canadian Dental Hygiene Association. She provides oral cancer awareness days in her office and works collaboratively with the local cancer treatment center. She's a founder of a charity called Woolies for Newbies, which provides essentials for the less fortunate and their babies. And she and her husband, with their four children, have been foster parents to many children. So welcome to the show, Carlos and Julie. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Now, I'm going to start with you, Carlos, please. Just tell us a little bit more about your career in dentistry, please. Well, I'm... um 
a bit unique. I graduated from Dallas School when I was 23. Um, so so uh, I'm now 37, so I've had a lot of time to do a lot of different things. Um, so after I graduated dental school, I uh, decided to uh, do um, a clinical internship in, in, at my university, which involved delivering dental care uh, through a mobile dentistry program um, to people that are, that are homebound or, or, or have mobility issues, and also to people in the long-term care setting, and also to isolated uh, Aboriginal communities all over Canada. Um, from then, I moved on to do a master's in public health, um, and then a PhD in public health, and eventually a specialty in dental public health. And now I'm, I'm in Toronto. A wide, wide-ranging career. Julie, tell us more about your career in dental hygiene. Well, my career has lasted so far 25 years, and it's still going strong. It's, it's certainly lasted a lot longer than I thought I, it would have when I first graduated. But uh, it's something that I absolutely love and uh, look forward to having a lot more years uh, going at it. Now, I started my career uh, up in northern Ontario working for a fantastic dentist. And from there, I moved to southern Ontario where I started working for a really forward-thinking dentist where um, we did a lot of continuing education, and that really gave me the love of, of um, finding new techniques and honing my skills and, and learning new things. Uh, back in 2009, I opened up my own practice because I felt that I was going to be able to reach a lot more people, give it a little bit more accessibility. Um, and then from there, we, you know, just it just kind of went on and, and became a founding member of the uh, American Academy of Oral Systemic Health. And I sit on a couple advisory boards, uh, one for a smoke-free Ontario because I'm a uh, very big advocate of, of uh, non-smoking and, and oral cancer awareness. And I also sit on a, um, a board for Biocide, which is a, a blood pressure monitoring system. Now, I'm going to ask you both the sort of question that leads us into family caregiving. Now, first of all, Carlos, you've mentioned your mobile dental practice and how that takes you into various communities, and also you practice in long-term care facilities. Please talk about those in the way that they bring you into contact with family caregivers and their concerns. Carlos? Okay, so um, from the mobile dentistry perspective, I mean, the technology is quite amazing. I mean, you literally have a mobile chair uh, that you carry into into somebody's home, and uh, you literally have a uh, at least the way we did it, you have a fishing tackle box that's full of dental uh, dental supplies, a mobile compressor, um, which which um, the technology's gotten very good, so they're not as noisy as they used to be, um, a mobile X-ray unit, um, and then a mobile um, what we call an A-deck cart, which is essentially a cart that has a high-speed handpiece, a slow-speed handpiece, um, and a variety of other gadgets, and, and, and people would recognize that from going to the dentist. And you literally, um, and a portable light, of course, and you literally do um, do dentistry in, 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 in somebody's home. Um, you know, it, it can be challenging, but, uh, but there's a lot of uh, rewarding aspects to it. And one of those is, uh, um, you know, strengthening caregiver knowledge about the importance of, of maintaining um, people's oral health, especially, um, you know, in my experience, people that were homebound were usually there because they were very sick, such as in a cancer situation, um, which, which I'm sure Julie has a lot of knowledge of as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
people that are um, you know, have dementia but have yet not have yet to transfer into the long-term care setting or Parkinson's disease, what have you, uh, or people that are uh, have mobility issues. So, so you know, challenging dentistry, but definitely very rewarding dentistry as well. Um, and then in the long-term care setting, um, those mobile units could also be brought into to rooms in, in the long-term care setting. Um, but some 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 settings have dedicated uh, spaces for dentistry, uh, which is a bonus, although that's rare. Um, and there you get to interact both with um, you know, professional caregivers, people that are working at the facility, or, or again, family members that, um, that visit their relatives in, in these settings. And there again, um, you know, it's a lot about outreach and a lot about uh, trying to educate people about the importance of, of oral hygiene and maintaining people's uh, oral health and, and, and providing dent, uh, for their dental care needs in these environments. Same question for you, Julie, basically. You're dental hygiene practice and the way it gets you involved in interacting with family caregivers? Well, family caregivers turn, uh, turn to our practice um, for help all the time uh, just because what they're looking for is, is some form of, of advice. Sometimes they're able to bring the individual into the office. Uh, there are dental hygienists that do go out and do some mobile work like Carlos and I commend you, Carlos. That's, uh, it, is, it is very difficult work but um, somebody has to do it, and I'm, I'm glad it's you. Um, but I do have uh, people that do come in, and uh, I just I try to give them the time. And, and because it's so individualized, it's the care that um, a, a person needs depending on their situation. So we just take the time and, and listen to them and, and see, um, you know, what, what they need and, and what kind of troubles that they're having and uh, what are some of the, uh, the challenges that they're, that they're facing. And then we try to, you know, recommend the products and, and recommend uh, different pastes or, or different types of toothbrushes uh, that would work best for their mouths. Now, I'm going back to Carlos, and I'm going to have the same question also for you, Julie, and that is, do you think that family caregivers are aware, fully aware, or insufficiently aware of the importance of oral health oral hygiene when they're looking after people with the kind of conditions you've both been talking about. Carlos, first of all, please. Um, I, think it's, I think it all depends on the individual. I mean, you have um, in certain individuals uh, insufficient awareness and then in other individuals a great awareness. Um, I think the challenge comes in when you are dealing with, um, you know, a family member who, because of some condition, um, you know, you're having difficulty um, cleaning their mouth. Um, I mean, I'd first like to say that, you know, you, you mentioned nutrition, but, you know, let's not forget that just having a clean mouth um, adds to people's quality of life so tremendously. Um, I mean, not only in the extreme case could it, could it relieve pain and discomfort, um, it's just like any other part of your body. If, you're, if you feel dirty or if you don't feel clean, you know, that sort of tends to, tends to degrade on you. Um, so, so just having basic hygiene is, is super important. So when you can't achieve that hygiene, um, I think it can be a bit of a challenge, and um, and you know the links are. Uh, um, I know we're going to be speaking about this later on the show, but the links to general health are, are, are you know, um, more and more, more and more evidence. So 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 very important um, uh, that, that people know. Carlos, sorry to do my rude host part and interrupt No you, problem. But I just want to get a quick answer from Julie, and then we have to go into the break, Julie. Um, what's your sense of how well informed family caregivers are about the importance of oral health, oral hygiene? 
Well, it's been my experience that, um, just like Carla said, you get some people who are who are very aware, and, and but I'm seeing that not very many people are really truly grasp the understanding of how important oral hygiene is. The um, it just that the amount of bacteria in the mouth and how it affects the body is is, is vital. Um, and so I, I think that raising awareness is something that we really uh, should be working on um, and, and making that more public just so in that way people do become more aware of exactly how um, the oral hygiene is, is, is vital to, to the health of, of the individual. Right. And Carlos's point to, to me was, um, and it's not just nutrition, it's actually the state of the mouth that's part of the state of health. And I think that's a very important message. And that's why I think it feeds back to things you've just said, Julia, that um, more awareness is probably needed. But we're going to be talking about that later on. And it is time when we have to pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Adley. My guests are Dr. Carlos Quinones and Julie Dinardo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please stay with us. We will be back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. Very rarely does our news media spotlight some of the good things that are happening in our world. For more of these good stories and the people that are creating them, tune in to Bread for the Journey with Mariana Cacciatore. Whether these good acts stem from personal tragedy or just a desire to help out and make this a better world in which to live, you'll find inspiration in every week's program. Connect with those that are doing something great for a change. Listen for Bread for the Journey, Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Help, you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. 
Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Carlos Huilones and Julie Dinado. Our topic is family caregivers, oral hygiene, and dental health care systems. So let's now talk about what oral hygiene actually is and the role of family caregivers in promoting it for their family members. And starting with you, Carlos, please, what does oral hygiene actually mean for family caregivers who are caring for family members who are living at home with health challenges for which there is no medical cure? Carlos? Um, well, as we said earlier, it depends on the individual. For some, it means a lot, and for others, um, awareness is definitely important. Um, but it can mean everything from just having to, you know, Make sure you remind somebody to brush your teeth, just like you would do for, for, for you know, as a parent for your for your child. Um, in other in another situation, it can mean actually having to 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 undertake the um, the oral hygiene uh, yourself in terms of actually having to brush somebody's teeth or cleaning somebody's denture. Um, and in some cases, it could actually also mean, um, you know, interpreting um, uh, symptoms of pain um, and and and. Um, you know, sort of knowing that, okay, something's happening in the mouth here, and that can be everything from somebody just having a, having a swelling or somebody, um, you know, being able to communicate with you that they're in pain, or, or, or it could even be, you know, um, uh, a really bad odor coming from somebody's mouth. Um, so, and all of those present, um, present uh, different challenges, especially the last two. Um, and the last thing, um, you know, it could also mean actually you providing some basic oral care because there are some preventive, um, preventive types of therapies that you can provide um, to, 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 your, to, your, um, to your family member that are not controlled acts um, that, that are important for, for preventing uh, dental decay. Um, one of those being... Um, uh, painting fluoride varnish on, on people's teeth, which I know is, uh, I'm sure Julie appreciates how important mm-hmm. that is, and I'm curious to know whether she actually recommends that. Now, before I let um, Julie have a go at your question, which is a very good one, just let me ask you to explain briefly what controlled act means, Carl, uh, please. Okay, so the, le- so the practice of dentistry as well as the practice of dental hygiene are both uh, legislated activities. Um, and there's certain things that you can do as a dentist or dental hygienist that the lay public cannot do and, or a family caregiver cannot do. Um, you know, that has to do with training and, and expertise, et cetera. But, those, uh, but, you know, you can brush somebody's teeth. Um, that's not a controlled act. Um, to prevent dental decay, you can actually paint um, something called fluoride varnish, which is actually literally what it is. It's a varnish that you can um, paint on people's teeth, and that's been shown to be incredibly effective at, at reducing the levels of dental decay. Um, and again, that is not something that, yeah, you, you, you need training for it, but it's not something that, that is not a legislated act. Very helpful. Thanks. Julie, now I'm going to ask you really a two-parter, and the second part is to just respond to Carlos and his uh, comments about the varnishing and so on. But just a broad issue first. Why is oral hygiene so important for people who are living at home with health challenges for which there is no medical cure? And I want to emphasize that, meaning my profession, as it was, really doesn't have an awful lot to offer. So why is oral hygiene so important? in those circumstances, and then what about the varnish? (laughs) Well, I'll just start with the varnish first, and it's absolutely something that I recommend and I do in my practice all the time, um, especially for people who who are compromised. 
um, and, and who have either a higher rate of decay or for, for some reason or another. Um, as far as the importance of oral hygiene, it's, uh, oral hygiene and the health of the mouth is, is directly correlated to overall health. And what happens is that if, if oral hygiene is poor and somebody is having problems um, maintaining that, the bacteria within the oral cavity, within the mouth, um, then causes infection. And that infection then is able to, to go into the body. The bacteria that causes the, the infection enters the body, and it just makes them more susceptible to getting um, a different respiratory, upper respiratory tract infections, um, a different, different infections or inflammations within a different uh, parts of their body. So the, the oral health of, of an individual, especially if they're compromised, uh, medically is vitally important, and it's something that um, the caregivers uh, need to be advised on how to properly help their their loved ones maintain. Yeah. Now, I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but let me just go to Carlos again. Um, I'm asking you the things that family caregivers do and should do to promote oral hygiene, you know, for family members who cannot for any reason fully care for themselves. So you've mentioned, we've talked about varnishing, and I've got, <laughs> I got that message, and it's a good one. But what overall is the package of things that family caregivers should do when there's a family member who really can't do the oral self-care for themselves? Carlos? Okay, so... Um... You know, there's everything ranges from um, a reminder to assistance to actually uh, conducting um, the procedure yourself. So you can help somebody brush their teeth, um, or you can actually do it yourself. And and I'm sure Julie can speak to this better than I. Um, but there are a whole host of, of, of products out there um, that you know everything from literally um, taking a toothbrush and um, and sticking it in a in a bicycle handle so that a person with um, with uh, dexterity uh, challenges can actually grip a toothbrush um, to actually um, um, brushing somebody's teeth yourself with an electric toothbrush, with, which makes it a lot easier. Um, um, it means it means you know taking somebody's denture out and making sure that the denture is clean with the proper denture um, denture um, brushing and mm-hmm. and um, the special denture denture creams uh, for 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 that. Um, so um, you know that uh, and then again looking out for signs and symptoms of pain or infection. Julie, I'm going to ask you who it matters to that family caregivers can effectively promote oral hygiene in the way that Carlos has just described, you know, and we're still talking about family members who cannot fully care for themselves. And I'm going to add a little bit of a question to that. Uh, More and more, family caregivers are seeing physicians visit the family members at home. It's, It's rare, but it's happening more often. And then there are various other healthcare professionals who um, also visit at home. So uh, this is a tough question, and I admit it, but... I'll try my best. (laughs) To whom does it matter, and does it matter enough to them? (laughs) Off you go, Julie. Oh, boy. To whom should it matter? Well, it really should matter to everybody. I mean, from from healthcare providers to legislators to taxpayers, uh, it it really... um, it really should matter because what happens is that if um, 
if somebody gets sick at home uh, because of, an, uh, let's say, an upper respiratory tract infection, because of the, the oral bacteria, um, you have to take a look at the, let's, the cost factors of, of what, is it, what does it cost to, to treat that person and to, to promote um, oral health versus what it costs to be in the hospital because that person is now sick because of the, the poor oral hygiene that they have. So really, it, it should matter to, like I said, from, from, the, from the individual, from the, the, the health care provider, right to the legislators and right to the taxpayers. Um, and it, it, the second part of your question was, uh, does it matter enough? Yeah. No. Um, it, it, it needs to be publicized more because I don't, I don't feel that, um, that the public is aware um, to the degree that they need to be of the importance of this we call oral systemic link, the, the, the link between the, the mouth and the body. Right. Back to you, Carlos. Are there circumstances where um, oral health can go so wrong in the mouth of a person being cared for at home that it becomes a kind of medical emergency? Oh, definitely, and I think I think Julie mentions um, probably the one where there's the most scientific evidence um, of the connection, which is um, um, respiratory tract infections, uh, um, where literally because your mouth is so full of gunk and bacteria that you're literally breathing all of that uh, into your lungs, and and you get a, a, a severe severe um, respiratory tract infection, and that's known to um, to, to to result in in, in, in Large numbers of deaths, which, as Julie says, mm-hmm. um, um, are a tremendous burden to the healthcare system. And there's research that shows that you reduce um, um, the number of those types of infections in long-term care settings if you um, um, if you uh, conduct proper oral hygiene techniques. Um, so there's definite gains to be made, and I and I, and I stress uh, Julie's point that it needs to matter to everybody from the family caregiver all the way up to the legislature, uh, legislator, um, because. You know now, and as we know, we were always talking about healthcare dollars. These are these are ways to gain um, gain in that area, um, and um, and we have an aging population, so this problem is only going to get worse. So it's something that we really need to start focusing on, um, and some people are, but it, it takes time, and uh, but we'll get there. Right, Julie, a, a quick one for you. Um, family doctors, I'm a physician, so speak to me about this, are doing more home visits, and, and that's a good thing. But um, do you think that family doctors are conscious enough of, in your experience, of the, the importance of, of, of the healthy mouth in relation to the kind of things that Carlos was talking about and also you were talking about, like respiratory infection and so on? What do you think? Oh boy, that's a hard one to to say. I know that with my experience in in, in talking to different uh, physicians, and I and I ask them every time I, I come across one. I always ask, you know, like, uh, are you aware of this oral systemic link? And and their um, um, their 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 body basically is is uh, educating them on the importance as well. So I think it, it's it's becoming more and more known. Uh, I think that as time goes by and and um, um, more more publicity happens, then then I think that it's it's not going to be so much of a problem, um, but it's something that we all you know still need to to work on. Yeah, um, just respond to you both. I mean, I've done you know I'm been around long enough to have done family uh, home visits 
as a practitioner. And I guess the way I looked in the mouth was uh, briefly at very best and often not at all. And um, I'm sure my successes in medicine do better than that, but I, I still would echo your point that there's more needs to be done. So now it's time for us to take the break, pay the rent. This is Dr. Gordon Avley, and my guests are Dr. Carlos Quinones and Julie Dinardo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you feel as if your life is just filled with random awkward moments? Believe me, you're not alone. Tune in every Friday for TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, with your host, Ashley Iola. Ashley has learned to own her awkward, and she guides you how to do the same. It's awkward, but it can be a lot of fun, too. We'll talk about relationships, sports, food, health, family life, and social life. Each show hopes to make you a bit more in control of your awkward. Tune in to TAG, the Awkward Girl Guide, Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Did you know that half of America's children will have at least one step-parent by the time they are 15 years old? Throughout history, children have been raised by step-parents, and that number continues to rise. Tune in to Step Wisdom with host Eleanor Alden for topical and historical research about the growing number of step-families and learn the do's and don'ts of patterns of family interaction. Almost all of us will have a step relationship at some point in our lives. Tune in to Step Wisdom, Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, health and wellness, business, sports, green talk, power up motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you the internet's number one talk station number one talk station voiceamerica.com you know i need someone you are listening to family caregivers unite with dr gordon atherley if you have any questions or comments about our program please address them by email to doc g at mymonami.com that's doc Letter G at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Carlos Quilonas and Julie Donado. Our topic is family caregivers, oral hygiene, and dental health care systems. So let's talk about family caregivers promoting oral hygiene of their children and their parents. Um, the first question to Carlos is, suppose a family caregiver is coping, caring for an adult with depression. What guidance would you give relative to oral hygiene in that kind of situation? Um, well, interestingly, as um, 
as many a psychiatrist knows, um, you know, one of the first things, uh, one of the first signs of depression is actually somebody starts letting their hygiene go, um, and oral hygiene is part of that. Um, is part of that. So um, I think a caregiver who's taking care of a, uh, of a family member who's uh, suffering from depression, um, not only is it a sentinel sign of, of something that might be happening, um, it's also something that you'd like to maintain because, um, you know, hopefully that family member uh, leaves that uh, depressed state um, and you don't want there to be major consequences of that depressed state once uh, once uh, the family member has gotten better um, and and. You know, you know your 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 teeth um, and your oral health can decay relatively quickly. So so you know you want to make sure that on top of all the, of the other um, you know medical, psychological, or psychiatric sort of help that you're getting, that you're also pushing um, the, the the oral hygiene agenda per se, um, because you don't want that person to suffer any of the uh, medium and long term long term effects of, uh, of 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 the outcome of just not brushing their teeth. Right. Is it, Carlos, just to stay with you for a moment, is it then the case that people become, in effect, so depressed that they lose interest in the state of their mouths and caring for their mouth and that kind of thing? Is that the right yeah, way very, of looking at it? Yeah, very much so. Um, having, um, having experience in treating people with depression in their homes, um, you know, who are chronically depressed, um, you know, they sometimes don't get out of bed for days, right? Yeah. Um, so it's not just a matter of your oral hygiene; it's a matter of your bodily hygiene, and, and all of it needs to be taken care of. And I think that's an important point, though, because we often think about, you know, changing bed sheets, uh, about making sure that people's clothes stay clean. But you got you got to link that oral health to it. You know. Right. Right. Now, Julie, um, guidance that you give to family caregivers who are caring for adults with diabetes. Um. Diabetes. Diabetes is um, is something that um, is is correlated to periodontal disease because uh, people with diabetes um, have a greater chance of developing periodontal disease. And it's funny because when you have periodontal disease, then you are more at risk of developing diabetes. Uh, so it's kind of it, it goes both ways. And we know with diabetes that you become you are much more susceptible to infection. So uh, to, to advise caregivers who are, are taking care of people with, uh, with diabetes, you just you know, make sure that you, that, you, that you look inside their mouth to, to help them out to provide the, the necessary, the necessary uh, products that would, be, that would be good for that individual. Um, because there's so many products out on the market and, and so many different types of brushes, it, it just goes to that individual's needs, uh, but it's... it's uh, vitally important that oral health is maintained, um, especially for the person uh, with this with this disease. Uh, it, it, diabetes can can contribute to um, bacterial overgrowth in the mouth, and uh, it certainly does increase that that susceptibility to infection. So, uh, like I said, the the advice I would give to caregivers is just to really, um, you know, try to persevere in in, in providing the opportunities, and, and, and even if you have to go in there yourself, again, like Carlos was saying, as long as you're, you're, you're doing the non-regulated acts, then, then you're okay. Yeah, yeah. What does periodontal mean? A period, periodontal is, is basically meaning uh, surrounding the tooth. So um, the, the health of the gums, the, right. the health of the, the structures that hold the teeth in. Right. 
And what happens, if I've understood you right, is that those get infected and they're particularly likely to get infected with diabetes. Is that right? That I've just said to. That's correct. Okay. Carlos, over to you now. Let's talk about children and the guidance that you give to family caregivers caring for children with Down syndrome. So here, again, it, it depends on uh, the level of, of, of cognitive disability. So if you have a child with, with, mild, um, with, with a mild condition uh, who's, uh, you know, highly functional, then, you know, it's just like caring for any other child. You've got to make sure that you stay on it so it develops as a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, but then when you have more uh, severe, severe states of the condition, um, then at that point you're actually uh, doing it yourself. And in and, 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 and Down syndrome in particular, because you can get, um, you, you can get a lot of mouth breathing, um, you know, a child that doesn't close their mouth completely, so breathes a lot through their mouth, and what happens is that that completely dries out the, the, the periodontium, there's another term, so the gums, um, which, which makes them much more uh, susceptible to, 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 to inflammation and infection. Um, so you want to make sure that um, that you are brushing, keeping the oral tissues moist, um, because that's what they need to to to, to stay functional. Um, and again, it's just an issue of making sure the mouth gets cleaned. You know, if you if you're if you're if you're good with that, you are literally averting uh, most, if not all, of 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 the major headaches that you would have with respect to oral disease um, uh, in in anybody, not just not just children, but. Um, and again, it's a behavioral type of thing, so it needs to be taught and it needs to be stressed and it needs to be, uh, you know, made into a game. Um, you also have situations there where uh, swallowing may be an issue, so in those types of situations, you, you want to make sure you're using uh, a toothpaste that has very low or, not, or no fluoride in it because you don't want an over-ingestion of fluoride. Um, um, and then there's lots of stuff that you can do if, if the brush isn't working. There's something called toothettes. Uh, which are um, essentially a, a small little lollipop type of thing. With the end, it's got an impregnated type of um, um, uh, sort of soaked, soaked. Uh, it's not a brush, but it's like a sponge. Those don't work well, but in a pinch, they they they, they really go a long way. Right, Carlos, you meant you use the word cognitive. What 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 do you mean in this context by that, please? Um, I mean things like um, you know a person's ability to understand concepts, a, a, a person's ability to 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 engage with you in conversation. So just general mental capacity. Got it, Julie. Question to you again about children. Children with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. What's the kind of guidance then that you in those situations that you you give to family caregivers? Oh, this is something that I'm I'm actually. Um, quite experienced with having my history of fostering. We have a lot of children that came into our home um, with this, and, and I do see some, some clients in, in my office. Now, just like Carlos was saying um, when, when he was answering the questions regarding um, uh, Down syndrome, is because fetal alcohol syndrome is, is a brain injury, uh, you have to, there's a lot of complex patterns and behaviors. So you have to, again, it goes on to the, the individual. Um, you have to introduce things uh, maybe a little bit slower, maybe um, reminding them more often, putting in cue cards, um, you know, sometimes making them think it's their idea, uh, taking, taking care of it, going in there sometimes, but just depending on what their behaviors are. Uh, it, it's something that, um, that the individual, once, 
because it's so individual, it's, it's very difficult yeah. to say. Well, just to, just to ask you a question about uh, the fetal alcohol spectrum disorder arising out of your personal experience of, of this, presume in your foster kids, uh, um, what I have understood is that sometimes these children may be of a physical age which makes them look pretty normal, but their mental development may be maybe only half that what they call chronological age, mm -hmm. which gets, creates the kind of behavioral problems that I think you're talking about. Um, am I right in saying that? Absolutely. But with FAS as well, um, sometimes you get not only the growth impairment, um, the cognitive impairment as well, but sometimes you can get some congenital heart defects. Uh, with that as well. So when you're, when you're going to treat these people, you have to, you know, make sure that maybe they don't need premedication beforehand. Um, but everything, there, there's such a spectrum, you know, uh, that it can go from just behavioral uh, or it can go to a, a lot more severe, just all depending on um, what, uh, what happened, you know, during pregnancy. Right. So, when you're talking about the heart disease, are you talking about the risk of infection to the heart from the mouth uh, and germs in the mouth that might be disturbed through uh, oral hygiene procedures? Is that what you're actually talking about? Yes, yes. Um, in, in some cases, what happens is that um, there's a, if, if there's an abnormality in the heart or if there's, like we say, con congenital heart defects or... or um, there's, there's different um, problems that happen with the heart. And what happens if you introduce the bacteria, uh, it can cause more of a problem. It can cause um, um, murmurs to happen or, 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 or infections basically to happen within the heart. So then, um, if that's the case, then antibiotics are, are taken prior to, let's say, a dental cleaning or any kind of dental work that's being done just to prevent those infections from happening. Right. So it all comes back to clean mouth, com combating infection in lungs, heart, and other parts of the body, which is what you've both been talking about. That seems to be one of the central messages that's coming from what you're saying. It's not the only central message, but it's certainly one of them. So, unfortunately, it is time to take the break again, the break calls. This is Dr. Gordon Adley. My guests are Dr. Carlos Quinones. And Julie Donato, you're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stay tuned. We're coming back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Michelle Core 6 Degrees is your connected consciousness. 6 Degrees is what comes around, goes around radio. Committed to delivering a fresh perspective on thought-provoking, investigative information that can change your life. 6 Degrees connects you to the social and emotional scene and is your trusted advisor from finance to romance, mainstream to metaphysical. It's a positive, upbeat look at life, love, and the pursuit of passion. Get connected Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Every week, tune in to a new kind of radio show. 
Carrie Douglas returns to the Voice America Talk Radio Network, along with Voice America's Network Director, Brandy Jackson, for the Mr. Carrie Douglas and Brandy B Show. We'll step inside the minds and lives of everyday people with a focus on how their faith has developed and led them along their personal path. Carrie Douglas is an artist, promoter, writer, and industry mogul, but his mission is deeply rooted by his faith. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com you know I need someone. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at mymonami.com. That's doc, letter G, at M-Y-M-O-N-A-M-I dot com. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Carlos Funones and Julia DiNardo. Our topic is Family Caregivers, Oral Hygiene, and Dental Health Care Systems. Now, I want to ask you both, please, what you would like to see done to enhance support for family caregivers promoting oral hygiene for the loved ones living at home. So, Carlos, you first. What are the things you would like to see done to strengthen support for family caregivers who are caring for the oral hygiene of adult family members with serious health challenges? Carlos? Well, these are complex issues, and in that sense, um, you know, you could say that they require complex solutions. So, um, you know, with my my research focuses on sort of the current nature of our dental care system and what we can do to improve uh, improve it for people that aren't necessarily getting all the care that they need, and this is a great example of that. So I think you need structural changes. Um, I think you need to allow different types of people to um, to provide um, to provide care. So, for example, in Ontario, where we're where we're talking about now, and in some American states as well. And, and also certain other provinces in Canada, they, we now have independent dental hygiene practice, which means that hygienists no longer require um, supervision of a dentist to, 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 to do their work. Um, and, and that has that should, it's not totally happening now, but um, it should over time open up the field so that hygienists um, start going into the areas um, that dentists traditionally have, have, have shied away from. Right. In that regard, you also need more training for dentists and dental hygienists themselves to sort of understand this at the undergraduate level when they're when they're being when they're undertaking their professional development, uh, professional educations to understand these issues more so that they aren't they don't shy away from it more. And then the final issue is the issue of of of, of payment. And what I mean by that is I mean more funding for these types of for programs that support caregivers um, and these types of things. But also, um, interestingly, in medicine, there are payment um, um, mechanisms or payment schemes where the more complex the medical condition of the patient you're treating, the more you get paid. And that makes sense because you need to take more time. You need to, you know, it's, it's a much more complex case. Um, but interestingly, and for dentistry, it's almost a complete backwards. Um, you know, the, the people that that uh, don't have private dental insurance that, 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 you know, where there's not a lot of public support um, are the people where that, that either they have no public types of insurance for this or if they do, 
you're actually being paid at a lower rate than when than what you would be in a pri- pri- uh, you know private insurance plan. So we need to promote the idea that these are complex cases, and in that regard, they should be dealt with as such. Okay, Julie. Same question. Strengthening support for family caregivers, what you would like to see for those family caregivers who are caring for the oral hygiene of children with serious health challenges. Julie? Well, I think that um, the the points that Carlos made are are very good ones. And and whether you're caring for children or whether you're caring for adults, the, 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 the issue still remains the same. Um, in Ontario, like Carlos had mentioned, we've got a good start as far as the change in legislation uh, that allows the qualifying registered dental hygienist to provide um, direct care to the public. Uh, But what I think we need to see more of is we need to have uh, healthcare professionals working a little bit more collaboratively in sharing information. Uh, I I think that it would make it a little bit easier uh, for for us to to be able to provide the care that we do um, and, and how to do that exactly, I don't know. That's kind of out of my realm, but um, I, I, I really would like to see that happen. So I'm going to ask you both in a moment your message for family caregivers, but I'm just going to interject um, to you both a, a sort of question need for a brief answer. Are you basically saying that um, there ought to be a dental health care system in the way that there's a medical health care system um, to cope with all these circumstances and challenges you've been talking about. First, Carlos, and then Julie to that question. What do you think, Carlos, first? Yeah, definitely, and I'll, and I'll sort of uh, bounce off of what Julie said. I think you need more integrated, a much more integrated system. So we need some type of dental care in, in, our, in our medical care systems, and, and in Canada we have very little of that. So we need more integration, not only at the delivery level, but also at the education level. We need to train home care workers, people in long-term care settings, doctors just like yourself, um, nurses, et cetera, to, to, to understand the issues with the mouth and, and, and the types of treatments that are involved in, in, in bringing people back to health. Right. Julie, what do you think? I, I totally agree. I, I certainly think that it would, it would help. I mean, I take a look at uh, my private practice and, and who's coming in and, and why they're coming in, and, and it's basically a lot of it has to do with cost factor. Um, and I think that if we did have um, the same kind of system as the medical, uh, we would see a, a lot less strain on our, on our health care um, system that we do just, just, just in helping people take care of their, their oral health. Right. Now, I'm going to ask you both, and again, it's the same question, to give your message to family caregivers um, who are caring for family members, adults or children, who are concerned about the oral hygiene of their family members. Give them a message. Carlos, please, first. Well, first, if you're concerned about it, I'd like to commend you because um, it's something that's very important. Secondly, uh, don't give up. you know, just keep searching for somebody who's willing to come to your home and, 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 and deal with, uh, with whatever issue um, you're facing. Um, you know, there are resources. Contact, um, you know, contact your local public health unit. They, they could put you in contact with not only dentists but dental hygienists who, who, who do this type of work. Um, and the reason I say that is because I have personal experience. Um, um, I was working with a, for a project, and I was working with a dean from the United States and he was having a, a heck of a time finding somebody to come treat his elderly mother in her home. 
Um, but through some searching, through some calling around, found somebody that was that was willing to go. Um, and you know, the, the issue is now at least being taken care of. So don't give up. Um, just just keep searching. Okay. Um, your message, Julie, please. My message would just be to, to seek out the help that there's, there's many really good, qualified, educated, registered dental hygienists out there that's, that's willing to, to answer questions and offer support and guidance. And that, and that goes with uh, a dentist as well, any, any dental care provider. It's not easy, and nobody really should be doing this alone. And, and I speak with experience kind of sitting on both sides of the fence, being a health care provider and also coping with children with learning disabilities. And I know it's difficult um, but the help is out there, and knowledge goes a long way. And, and I just wish everybody the best, and and um, and good luck. Now, I'm going to uh, just read back to you um, a little bit of what you said uh, by being a bit a little bit provocative, but not to, towards you, but towards the system. Uh, what you're both, what you've both made clear is, first of all. Oral hygiene, oral health is fundamentally important. It's not just a, a luxury. It's something that matters to the health of the individual. It matters to the family caregiver's responsibilities, and it matters to the healthcare system, partly because uh, it isn't doing enough, and partly also because the consequences of not doing enough to support family caregivers are, can be costly to, and unnecessarily so, where they're preventable um, to the healthcare system itself. So what you're both saying, and I'm going to say it for you, is there needs to be a small p political change in the way that the mouth is regarded by the bureaucrats, by the administrators, by the healthcare systems, by the insurance systems, to recognize that, um, first of all, there's a need. Secondly, uh, it's an important need. And thirdly, that if the need isn't dealt with, then the pressures, uh, you know, the challenges, um, and the ill health develops to everybody's disadvantage. Now, I'm not going to give you an opportunity to de debate that with me, but I hope that for both of you, that really is what you would like to see, because it's certainly the message that I would like to leave with, with our audience, that change is needed. And what you two are doing and the things you're talking about are fundamental to the improvement of a situation that needs improving. So that enables me to say thank you both very much for this great discussion, which is very informative, which is very helpful, very insightful, and I'm absolutely sure is going to be helpful, um, inspirational to family caregivers struggling with the kind of issues you're talking about. So thank you, too, to our listeners. Um, please get in touch with us um, if there's anything you would like to put to our two guests. And uh, I'm going to say to our two guests, I wish you all success on behalf of family caregivers in your work because what you're doing is important to them. Now, in our very next episode, we're going to be talking about what family caregivers should know about pain relief. So please, listeners, join us same time, same spot on the Internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 